This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Tuesday, August 4th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Got a conversation coming up quickly with Chris Hummer. We just talked about the Big 12's schedule announcement, but I got some breaking news on the off the wire right now. Star Minnesota wide receiver Rashad Bateman has opted out of the 2020 college football season. He is the second marquee name to do so now, joining Caleb Farley, the Virginia Tech cornerback. And crazy enough, both of those guys are in the top 20 of 24-7 sports' top 50 players for the college football season. Farley was 16. Bateman was 18. He was stellar last season. 60 catches, 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns, likely first-round picks. So it makes sense that he'd want to you know, skip what's going to be a really weird season and get ready for the draft. But this is a massive blow for Minnesota, which still harbored high hopes in 2020. Uh, Bateman released a video message on Twitter, a video statement. I'm now making the hardest decision that I've ever had to make in my life. Unfortunately, in light of the uncertainty around health and safety in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, I have to set my wishes aside from the wellness of my family, community, and beyond. Because of this, I have decided to opt out of the 2020 college football season. I will be taking the next steps in my journey by declaring for the 2021 NFL Draft. Minnesota will forever be a place I'm looking up to call home. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I love you all. Bateman out. Massive news, massive college football news. Probably will not be the last that we see of this. We've now got two marquee stars, three total players who have opted out for the college football season. Rashad Bateman just made some big time headlines. Good morning. It's Tuesday, August 4th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined right now by Chris Hummer, National College Football Writer for 24-7 Sports. And Chris, we actually are recording this on August 4th. Sometimes we do it the day before. And you know, usually when we do it the day before, we have enough news to talk about. But today we wanted to wait for the Big 12 to release its scheduling plan last night. And the Big 12 finally did announce some news, but it really wasn't that surprising, was it? No, 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 no. I think uh, I was certainly expecting a nine plus one model. Um, I think that was the favored kind of direction the league wanted to go, a good middle ground, and that's exactly what we got. And in very Big 12 fashion, we got an official press release at like 8.08 p.m. and uh, it had almost zero information in it. Yeah, like no no start date, no res- restrictions, right, for non-conference games or, or it has to be within the home state, but like no clarity there on which game Oklahoma will play for its non-conference game, no start date, and not even a set date for the conference title game. Yeah, so uh, our conference title game for the Big 12 will either be December 12th or December 19th. And I want to point out, uh, this is not in my story, but the Texas State Championship games are scheduled to take place at the same place as the Big 12 Championship game on the 19th. 
So that might be some crossover there, or maybe it's the 12th. But either way, there's some um, conflict. And this season is supposed to start in mid to late September at some point or another, as the Big 12 like to describe. So we are no longer on the path where the Big 12 was planning to start August 29th. Teams are going to have a few more weeks of runway kind of ahead of the season. I'm wondering when we're actually going to... So now we're still waiting on the Big 10. We've got everything in from the Pac-12. And they've even said, like, they start September 26th. They'll probably uh, bump everything back a week because they're pretty flexible. But now I'm wondering when we're going to have more details from the Big 12, from the ACC, from the SEC, because like we need we need start dates here, right? Like I I, I thought the Big 12 two weeks ago was ahead of the curve with those week zero games, two of them, and moving a game up and saying, hey, we want we want more Saturdays, not less, and we'll figure it out then. Now it feels like you know they're. I almost wonder, Chris, like, as I'm kind of just thinking aloud, do you think the Big 12 would have liked to keep week zero as its start date and it just sort of got pressured into every other conference starting literally four weeks later? I think it's a combination of things. I think the Big 12 certainly would have liked to keep more games on the schedule just as a whole. Obviously, when you only have 10 teams, you're limited when you only play 10 games. It's 40 total games. I might not be doing that math correctly. Anyway, I'm definitely not doing that math correctly. It's but okay. Anyway, it's early in the morning. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a little early. But um, essentially, when you have 10 total teams, your number of games on the schedule is limited. Um, other conferences, with especially with 14 teams, can play a significantly larger number of games uh, and take in more conference TV revenue. Obviously, the Big 12 has contracts with ESPN and Fox, and they're obligated to play a certain number of games. When you play 12, you can meet that threshold. I don't know what the negotiations are going to look like if they play fewer than that, but they're going to probably bring in less money. So that makes a difference. And I think that's a big reason why you saw Bob Bowlesby, at least initially, pushing for 12 games uh, for that revenue for the conference. But when you talk about pushing the season back and not starting in week zero, it certainly has its advantages. We've seen the Pac-12 and the SEC go this route for a reason. The NFL season is scheduled to start September 10th. And I think there is a pretty big desire from some of these leagues to have the professionals go first and to kind of get a week or two runway to kind of see what's going to happen with the NFL and contact sports so they can let the professionals that are paid money kind of take the first brunt of this unknown that is football during the coronavirus era. I think you're I, that's, that's a great point. That's yeah. pro- that, that might be point number, reason number one. Yeah. And that, I think that I, I know for a fact that certainly is factored into some of the discussions here, at least for some of the presidents and the athletic directors in that league. The more time you wait, the less, I don't want to say you carry less risk. Obviously, this is a pretty risk intensive situation, but you certainly put some of the burden on the NFL to go first. Yeah. I mean, think about everything that will have happened in the sports world by the time September 26th comes around. So you, you, you know, if 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 baseball keeps chugging along, they'll have gotten two full months in with how many how who knows how many more outbreaks they've you know survived through. Basketball will be in the midst of its playoffs, which is in a bubble, so that's a different scenario. But the NFL, you mentioned, that's going to be going on two weeks. They'll have had training camp. We might have high school football going on at that point in some parts of the country on September twenty sixth. We might have schools in session. You would hopefully give the universities 
a few weeks of if you do have on-campus learning of figuring out how that's going to work. And maybe you even, for the players, it's more time to to figure out how to, I hate to say like responsibly live in the, in the age of the coronavirus because like I, I want them to, you know, I, I don't really want to hold a, a college football player to a different standard than a normal college student who's going to party. But like you, you tell him he, this more time to learn. It's more time to get used to, to, to campus life. That's more time to, to sort of figure out how to operate within the bubble of your own campus. And I think we've even seen that in major league baseball where two weeks later and a few outbreaks later, some of its players are saying, okay, yeah, we could have, we could have been more responsible or we need everyone to be more responsible. Yeah, I, I think interacting with the student population is a great point and a salient one. Um, by pushing the season back to mid-September, you're allowing almost a month in some cases for campuses to kind of, uh, for the structure there to kind of matriculate out and to you have a better understanding what it's going to be like for your athletes to mix with the regular student population. And if there are outbreaks early and it's possible with so many new people coming to campus and a lot of places are doing hybrid learning, but I would say I, I was looking at the numbers earlier this uh, last week and about 25 out of the 65 power five teams are doing in-person learning or at least planning to have full in-person learning in the fall. And when you have 20 to 40,000 new bodies moving to campus, I think there's a pretty large expectation that the coronavirus is going to enter that space. And by pushing the season back and allowing those two populations to mix, you can, I don't want to say you can get um, positives out of the way, but I think it's just the reality of the situation. And this allows for more kind of a leeway when you're going ahead of the season instead of the season starting almost immediately like it normally would. We'll hop out of here so that we can get this episode up. But b- before we go, what are we waiting for now with the, the big 10 and we, it, it, does it seem like this is a few days away from, from them announcing anything new? I mean, we know they're just going to play conference only. Um, they were the first conference to announce that, but it's, it seems like we don't have any, anything bubbling up even on that front, other than the fact that Rutgers just had a, a double of its outbreak and, and Northwestern just had to pause its workouts as well. Yeah, this isn't my reporting, but I've seen, I think it was, I want to say AL.com, which is an odd um, place to find it, but they were reporting that the Big Ten schedule could be out as early as today. So Ooh. that is certainly something to keep an eye on. And I think we'll see a trickle of this um, over the next couple of weeks. We're just going to see news kind of bubble up. And uh, at 24-7 Sports, we'll all be ready to cover it. Well, if the Big Ten announces its schedule today, I'll be calling you and we'll do another one of these come Wednesday. Thank you, Chris Hummer, for joining us. Everybody, have a good day. We'll talk to you next time on Wednesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. begun which means you need to listen to fantasy baseball today in five part of the cbs sports podcast network join scott white chris towers and me frank sample every monday through saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes we'll break down the biggest performers news and prospects who could make an impact this season make sure to download and follow on apple Podcasts, spotify the odyssey app and everywhere else podcasts are found 